I don't know, my school's very pretty, like lots of grass fields, like normally when the whole capacity's there, there's like lots of girls sitting together in groups, mm-hmm. um, eating lunch. Your sort of standard colonial school with the sun shining down, like you can imagine us all in our navy and like turquoise blue uniform. Uh, I haven't worn that uniform for a while. That's Alexandra. Ali. She's 18, and she's ready to live again. Yeah, and this year is meant to be my last year, and there's, I guess, just meant to be a whole lot more to it than what we're getting at the moment. Speaking to Ali in her home, I got the sense of someone painfully in touch with the moment. Quite literally, the present and the passage of days and what that amounts to. Our valedictories, we're speaking about that now because it's meant to be in a few weeks and we don't know if we're going to have our parents there. And normally it's a tradition to go to Far East and Newlands afterwards and that's not going to happen. And, you know, it's only 50 people in a room allowed, so can we even fit our whole grade in? Is it going to be virtual? Is it the same if it's virtual? You know? Yeah. While she completes her final year of high school, Allie, along with her peers, finds herself on a surreal tour. While many of us may be anxious for the engines of our lives to resume, this forced stall has caused us to question all our dizzying activity. Meanwhile, the Matrix haven't paused. They're moving forward, albeit at molasses speeds, and in spite of everything, passing the milestones. Like there's a almost sort of like step from grade 11 in which people become sort of this mature, you know, they're all getting along, everyone loves each other, and they're just ready to get like over this high school step together. And it's just, I feel like our grade isn't getting that and we're never gonna wear our school uniform again and you know. This is Saying Goodbye, a series of conversations with Cape Town business owners and innovators, cultural architects, anchors, and ordinary folks who have, in ways big and small, meant something to us. It's a chance to celebrate what we love most and to mourn what we've lost so abruptly in the wake of COVID-19. I'm your host, writer, poet, and Cape Town transplant, Haley Gaunt. This is Saying Goodbye. Um, well, normally we arrive at like 20 to 8, it's very early, and no one really wants to be there, but the minute you kind of see your friends, and we all sit around a table, with which before the time now, like it was a very crowded table, I think there's 10 of us in my friendship group and we'd like crowd on top of each other we'd all have like a coffee or tea in the morning and it was just like a really nice start to the day yeah so that's obviously not how it is anymore um anymore when she said it it hit me in a new way that thing that we had what we did before that is over in her voice I hear a kind of early-onset nostalgia, lament for what once was 
coupled with ache for what will never be. Everything at the moment is very controlled, and so there's not much room for there to be any shocking things to happen. Like there are few times in life so poignant as your late teens. I don't need to describe it. If you've been there, you know. And if you really can't remember, well, certain songs do a pretty great job of dredging up the feeling. Turn on Stevie Nicks's "On the Edge of Seventeen" for a beeline to all the thrill and angst. Frankly, it's refreshing to be in the presence of someone who isn't trafficking in all the adult tropes that package our experience just a little too tidily. Well, for me, I don't like the term "new normal" because, to be honest, I don't think it is a normal. I don't think not seeing people and socially distancing should ever be a normal. I mean, I think humans in general like to be in contact with people, like to see people, and so for me, I'm finding very frustrating the not knowing of when I can. It's going to sound so cliche, but when I can go to a club, when I can go party, when I can go to a festival. I mean. I'm living my whole 18th year stuck inside. It's just I never know if it's gonna end. Will it end? I keep telling myself maybe it will end. Maybe we'll all be able to go out and have fun, like teenage fun. You know, you just don't know. I guess it's it's a little bit worse not knowing than being in stricter lockdown, because rules keep changing. Yeah, it's just yeah, not great. For those of us who will get out of this alive, it feels petty. To enumerate what we will have missed out on, because, in the grand scheme of things, we're intact, life and limb. But some losses suffered, while maybe not catastrophic, are nevertheless, forever. Well, I mean, I've loved hockey my whole life, and I did play A teams in the younger grade, but I always had to play with the year above me, so I was always a little bit insecure about my ability, and never would really. Put my full foot forward, and then this year I just decided I'm going to give it my all. I mean, I was running almost every single day trying to get fit for this team,、um, working really hard on my skills, and like when I made the first team, I was really excited. I mean, it was the first time my last year, like I did it, it was there. My school's really good at hockey, so to make their first team is quite an achievement. And so I guess for me, it was just like really disheartening having all my kit, and like I know like. When I play field hockey, I feel so happy, like that success that like drew it drove me, and it just felt really, you know, sad to just have it not、mm. happen. Yeah. That experience of working hard for something, of earning it, and the fact that this can just be taken away, really does a number on the merit-based system worldview. That many of us still cling to. Yeah, and it's something that has nothing to do with you or your skills.、Yeah. It's just unfair. Life is yeah. not fair. Not yeah. yeah, I think a lot. I mean, a lot about school and growing up is like you you build these expectations about like what you can do and. Hard work, yeah, where you can go because of that, and actually, it's quite、um, disillusioning, you know. Oh, actually, it, I could work as hard as I want, but actually, the 
there's forces beyond my control. By the way, these forces bearing down on us right now do so with unequal pressure, especially here in South Africa. We talked a lot about that. But I think it should also highlight to a lot of people across the country that some sort of change is going to have to happen. It can't keep being this huge gap in the education system because it's just not okay. I mean, in our social system as well, but at least start with the education, you know. Um, you can't be having like a small percentage of the people having access to work and doing so well when such a large, important, like valuable section of our population just doesn't have that access. It's just not yeah. fair. It kind of like weighs on you and it's like you want to do something and it's just so difficult. It's all rather heavy. A lot of reality for 18. But maybe just enough to get through to a generation of people. There's something bigger going on than the story of our individual successes and misfortunes. These are the sort of conversations we have been having, especially because there is that because it's our last year, we do not want to be going to school every day. But after, I think, the president announced, like, public schools will shut again, and he didn't say private schools will, so I know our whole school still carries on going. It's kind of like, it highlights that, you know, you've got to understand you, you're getting this, you should really appreciate it, you should use it, and um, we have been doing, like, note sharing and stuff as much as we can, but obviously it's difficult when a whole bunch of people don't have access to internet and you can't physically see people. There's a little bit of, like, a barrier within like trying to like give our resources to other people. The social distancing, the canceled gatherings, the sudden dearth of hockey matches and celebrations, while they might have robbed us of the opportunities, they haven't erased our need to connect. Their absence has forced us to confront the quality of our connection. It's like spending a holiday in the woods with your dysfunctional family. The lack of distraction, the boredom, means that finally you have no excuse not to have the conversations you've been putting off way too long. My school is... Um, honestly, the definition of inequality, it's majority white students with like very few people of colour. And so it really highlighted that for us. And so we've had a series of like talks amongst us on how we can change the school to make it a better place. Because it's very expensive to go there, but that shouldn't be a reason why we're not drawing in the correct quality um, that we should have, you know. 20 years after democracy was formed in the country, it expected to have changed a lot more. And so we've been having that and the mental health issues that like racism in our school institutions causes. And it's been really progressive, I think, for teachers as well to know what they're doing wrong and how to improve it. Change should be happening now and it shouldn't keep delaying. And I really think like having this, like these conversations have been so progressive and it really has brought our grade together more in understanding each other and understanding, like, some people's past. Like, you know, four years of torture at school, like, experiencing this horrible stuff is just not okay. So, yeah.
really gave us time to have these sort of conversations. We're normally in a normal school year, actually, we wouldn't have time to have these sort of big seminars and like conversations about this stuff, whereas now we are able to put stuff in the school timetable because there's no extracurricular activities or anything. When I was 18, I hated it when grown up people grilled me about my future. And right now, it feels especially cruel. When you and your friends talk about next year, what sorts of things do you talk about? Well, I'm really excited because university is really where you find yourself. So there's this hope that this pandemic is going to disappear, obviously, with coronavirus and stuff. But yeah, it's just next year seems I think we're going to be starting really late and it's just, it's unpredictable. It feels like scary going into it because you're not sure is university going to go back next year? Will we get a first year or will we have missed out on our last matric year and our first university year? Um, it's also sad. A lot of my friends are going to go to university in Stellenbosch or some go overseas and it's just like, the last time we get to see each other is really this year and we don't get to see each other that much this year so we know it's going to be like a tough goodbye because yeah it's going to be hard saying goodbye mm-hmm. if we all like really treasure each other what are your plans and um, have they changed <laughs> well i'm hoping to go to uct and i don't think this has changed any of those hopes or anything um I'm sure it's going to be fine I hope our finals get marked in time because they only meant to end on the end of February when we're going to get our marks and so that's not when you start university which is kind of weird yeah so just hopefully those marks are fine but I'm in quite a privileged position where I'm able to access all my school work whether I be at home whether I be at school um for me it's just I hate the fact that in a country with so much inequality, it's like I'm able to go and get into university because I was able to access my whole matric year when I like know there's like hundreds of schools who like haven't had school for so long. It's just it's a little bit unfair. I think that's one thing I think about next year is it's I know I'm there because I'm privileged because in South Africa I ended up just in the privileged category and it's just that's how I got in. It's a little bit yeah. yeah. Just not there. Talking to Ali, I really wondered how this moment would timestamp her and her generation. What would it be like to come of age during the big reveal that the systems of control we use for comfort and security are at best extremely glitchy and at worst only a ruse? When an enemy could be anywhere and when collective action feels acutely isolating. How does this calibrate our sense of purpose or our sense of hope in the future? You know, it's horrible in the moment. It's horrible to lose stuff. It's horrible to think you've lost this experience, but dwelling on it for too long will just keep you down. And so that's why I just keep, like I said, I take it day by day and I just keep moving on and... I keep looking forward to what could happen, as uncertain as it is. I just keep hoping that there's going to be something better at the end. And obviously, um, like a, I'm very aware of the inequalities in our country, and that is something I will like be addressing and hopefully being part of some sort of change with my generation. 
like fix it like once and for all like really get South Africa moving again and I think that's important I think a lot of students across the country have realized that yeah it's just you know it's hard it's hard to say goodbye but you can't stay there in the past and I can't live 10 years on look back live 20 years on and still be sad about a year I mean it's sad but you know there's positive things that are going to come out of it everything happens for a reason at the end of the day I like to think that this has been saying goodbye with me Haley Gaunt original theme music by Brian Keidel. Search for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.